0: Hey Mavericks, it's Tuesday in the month of May in case you're losing track. (laughs) Uh, But we're definitely excited that we have two awesome guests from Thrive Therapy based in Denver Metro, Colorado. We're gonna talk about some of their unique things about how they're doing mobile, telehealth. So stick with us while we find out how they're pushing the envelope in creativity during this COVID pandemic. But as always, I wanna give a big thank you to our amazing supporters and sponsors. We have Assured Partners of Colorado who is experts in long-term care. Uh, Insurance, we have Heartland Pharmacy who is a fantastic long-term care pharmacy serving our senior communities. Fading Memories by Jennifer Fink. It is a podcast that you must listen to. And finally, Routinify, who is helping connect and support telehealth visits, families and seniors through their amazing application and device. For more information, visit our website to learn more about these companies. And finally, we have our show host sponsor, Serenity App, which is connecting families yeah. through their secured HIPAA compliant application. And enough of me talking, let's actually get into the nuts and bolts of this amazing conversation with Jenny and Kylie. And I'm going to turn it over to the ever-fabulous Kathleen
1: <laughs> Hi, everybody. So great to be here. And Kylie and Jenny, I'm sorry, my little puppy is here with me and she keeps sticking her head up. So we All were right. talking about babies potentially interrupting. This is life. This is life in COVID. So... Um, we're really happy to have you guys here. I'm super excited to talk to you today and hear what you guys are doing to push the envelope. But first, tell uh, our audience a little bit about who you are and how you got into this space. And Kylie, why don't we start with you?
2: Yeah, I'll kind of speak a little bit cuz we're we're both very similar. So, I'm Kylie and Jenny and I are both occupational therapists. And we started working in skilled nursing facilities and then outpatient facilities, independent living, assisted living. And we just constantly saw the cycle of individuals um, getting hurt, injured, having a disease, going to the hospital, going to the skilled nursing facility, going home and then returning. So we were trying to figure out how can we bridge that gap and meet people at home after home health or maybe if they don't qualify for home health and just provide extra care and really help them thrive in their environment um so they don't have to go back to the hospital hopefully we were tired of corporate structure telling us how (laughs) (laughs) we needed to treat the individuals that we were seeing and we wanted to provide the care that they actually needed and deserved so we started Thrive Therapy in November 2017, and we are mobile therapy. And so, Jenny can talk a little bit about us. <laughs>
3: That's sure. Cool. So, so, like Kelly said, we're both OTs, and we had similar kind of backgrounds coming into our collaboration of Thrive and working together. So one of the other things that we wanted to kind of do along with just bridging that gap was kind of switching the mentality to an overall wellness approach. So along with providing physical occupational and speech therapy, we also provide massage therapy, personal training, and some just wellness programming, like specifically more for facilities like exercise classes, Tai Chi, those kinds of things. Um, But kind of like Kylie said, we provide our main thing is therapy it's usually covered by insurance 99 percent of the time um and we try to meet people where they're at so maybe that's at home in their apartment but maybe it's at the grocery store or at starbucks or at a fitness center kind of working on the skills that they need to do to get back to that community living where home health is um they're they're just regulated and they're not able to do things with people out in the community it's like once they're not homebound anymore that's kind of the end so we're kind of trying to bridge that gap after home
0: health um, so, yeah so so one thing i think that's really important is you don't have to be homebound for your services right no. Correct. can you explain a little more what that means
3: sure i can go ahead so typically i would say most of our patients come to us after home health so like i said home health therapists recognize that they still have a need for therapy, but maybe they're just not able to get to an outpatient clinic. Mm -hmm. So most of the individuals we see don't drive, or maybe they used to, but they're not back to driving again. Um, And they could of course use public transportation, but that's usually one of the things that we're working on with them. Maybe using the light rail, figuring out how to get an Uber or a Lyft, um, go-go grandparent, whatever. A lot of our services are looking at the community services available. and then helping people determine what resources are appropriate and how to access those resources. Um, but otherwise to maybe they just want to go out to dinner with their friends or like I have someone who lives in assisted living, but he every week goes out and meets his friends every Sunday, he goes to church with his son, you know, he's still getting out and being an active member of the community. So he's not really considered homebound.
0: Uh, oh, I get it now. Okay. That makes sense. So that opens up though, more options for people post homebound type therapy. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm super inspired by something that you just said that you were in, um, there were things in the corporate structure that kept you from being able to deliver the service that you knew these people needed. So you both were courageous and brave. And you said, I'm gonna go outside of that and I'm gonna create something new. I, I really applaud you for that. We need more of that and I know a lot of people are, are thinking about how we can bridge some of these gaps, but thank you for doing that. I just want to acknowledge that. So um, tell us a little bit about um, the pros and cons of telehealth. So you've just started using telehealth. Tell us kind of how it went, um, how it works, what it looks like for the family and then what you've learned, pros and cons.
2: Yeah, well, I. I think it's a great thing for the therapy world, um, but it definitely isn't for everyone. So some positives are, we can provide treatment almost right away. If we get the order, we can see them. So we don't have to you know, necessarily work around schedules or driving and all of that. So the accessibility is awesome. Um, another pro is, we're in their environment just like we would be so we get to use and see what they have um another cool thing is just teaching an individual how to actually use the devices that they have around their house that they didn't even know how to use so maybe they've had an ipad just sitting there forever or their phone they only know how to call their family members um so really teaching them how to not only engage with us but then engage with their friends and family
1: So that is really speaking to also some uh, social isolation, kind of um, working on not being so isolated and leveraging some of the things that they have in the house. That's really great, especially right now. What are some of the cons that you found? So I would
3: say some of the cons are just the limited access to technology for some people. A lot of people don't even have a smartphone or maybe they don't have a laptop. Um, so just trying to figure out what can we do kind of, like you said, to keep them still, you know, in touch with their family and friends. That's one of the, I would say that's a huge thing we've been working on lately, even when we're doing in-person treatment right now with people is just making sure that they can stay connected and stay engaged in some activities and with their family and friends. Because as we know, if you're, I mean, we already feel like we're so segregated and in our own little bubble at home but imagine being in like one room you have a bed and a tv and a kitchen all in one and you're not really allowed to go out so really trying to work on that integration and engagement with people is something that we're striving to do but technology in general can be difficult and difficult to learn Um, another thing is just it's a positive that we're using their resources and what they have available but it can be a negative especially for therapy a lot of times we're bringing a lot of equipment, bringing different things that we need to work on, different skills and tasks. And it can be a little challenging when they don't have those things available, but it makes us think on our feet and be creative. So, you know, it's kind of a pro and a con, I guess. Um, and then just, it's hard to have limited face-to-face contact. You know, I think we still do a pretty good job building rapport and building a relationship but it is hard not to be sitting beside somebody or in their own environment, really having that face-to-face interaction.
1: I'm curious how you see it going after some of these restrictions uh, lighten up a little bit, how you see telehealth being part of your practice?
2: Well, it would be great to continue using telehealth um, to reach really the rural populations. So we're able to see individuals that live in counties that don't have access to therapy at all. And we make that drive and that commute to go and see them. However, now we're able to see them a lot faster, a lot quicker, more often. Um, So we're getting a lot of good feedback for that. Um, I think, again, going forward, it's telehealth isn't for everyone. So there's gonna be those patients that it works perfect for and we can really make a difference and then there's some other people that really
1: just need hands-on and us there yeah you- so go ahead francis are you
0: guys seeing when you're working with a particular resident is there a staff member of that facility or family member with them to assist with the telehealth or is it kind of there <laughs> but- the, the 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 patient themselves is is navigating it
2: that's a good question so um since this all started we didn't really have time to think and process all of it and plan for telehealth to happen.
0: Who
2: did? Yeah, so um, we've just had to kind of roll with it. And a lot of individuals that do live at home, they might have a caregiver or a family member that can help, and that's been great. Um, Cognition is a huge piece in this. So if they are significantly cognitively declined, this might not be the best way. We could educate caregivers and other people. Um, so we really had to decide who is it appropriate for and who needs us in person right now.
0: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because we are doing a ton of telehealth for all of our locations, but we have a dedicated staff member that is there with them the yes. whole time. And knock on wood, we've had some very awesome op- outcomes because we're able to kind of help Be that integrated navigator, because if we just gave somebody the device, they would look at it and go, oh, that's cool. And set it down. So I think it's showing the importance of that idea of teamwork, right? You guys are adapting to your team. The team or the family has to adapt to the changes to be part of that care circle that Mm Catherine has talked a ton about. Uh, is that connection. So that's really cool. That's awesome, I'm excited, that's awesome. That's really awesome.
1: And I love that it broadens your reach. So do you work only in Colorado? Can you work across state lines?
3: So Medicare just rolled out that you are able to work across state lines, but we're still kind of navigating that. We haven't seen anyone outside of the
1: state, but I guess it is a possibility, so.
0: That's cool, that's really cool.
1: I always think about my, I have a community who who uses my product in uh, Grand Junction. Yeah. And they have a hard time getting getting support there for mm-hmm. a lot of their older adults so i think it's interesting uh that now you know you you just have this whole world open to you and it sounds to me like you're thinking of this as just one more tool in your toolkit for the people that it works for you have it available and maybe sometimes you see them in person sometimes you see them via telehealth mm-hmm. I have to be honest. There are meetings that I've been able to attend since we've been in COVID. Yep. That I haven't been able to before because I didn't have to drive. I didn't have to. There wasn't a lot of pre-planning. It was. It was so, like I could just hop on Zoom. So, Same, same yep. for
0: me. My time has been much, a million times more efficient because I'm not yeah. having to commute as much. I mean, yeah. I do still, but I can be more engaged in certain aspects because I'm dropping you know twenty or thirty minute drive time down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Fun, it stuff. sounds like you guys are doing really great things. What are some of those positive, those success stories, some of those things that we want to have happen uh, that we want to hear about, you know?
2: Yeah. Do you want them telehealth? success stories are just mobile outpatients? We
0: situations. just love positivity. Yeah. So <laughs> share Anything, everything.
3: Well, I think a good success story for telehealth has been kind of like Kylie was saying, we've had quite a few referrals for rural type areas. So like Park and Teller County, where oh, wow. it's a two-hour drive for us, and we typically wouldn't be able to go out and see someone. And a lot of these um, referrals too are for hope modifications, so we'll one of the roles of occupational therapists is to look at someone's environment in their home setup and determine whether it's safe and things that can be done to make it a safer environment. So, you know, again, the person has to be a little bit higher level or have somebody that's available to kind of walk around the house in video, but it really has worked well to be able to talk with someone you know, through video, have them walk around, show us the home environment to set up, and then we can give recommendations. And I've even had them measure things for me and try to determine, you know, what what's the best option for them. And they're living in, you know, yeah, who knows where, not close by where I would be able to go out on a typical day or time to see them. So I think that's been a really good success story. And like I said, we're able to do it right away. So when I called to set up the evaluation the gal was actually caught off guard like, oh, you know, I just got this referral two days ago and you're already calling me to set something up. So she was very surprised at just the
0: convenience
3: and um, the quickness of how it can all happen right away.
1: That speaks volumes, that uh, the ability to deliver services faster is uh, can only be beneficial to mm-hmm. the, the people receiving them and, and to the people providing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How fun. Do you have some other success stories you want to share yeah we just mobile um
2: outpatient therapy in general we've had different individuals that have lived like in an independent living but they're so high level that they decide that they want to move back to an apartment or back home um, and how can they make that transition happen is it a smart decision is it not mm-hmm. um and since we're mobile we're able to kind of walk with them through that um have helped individuals move to different areas and then go to the grocery store with them. Can they do that on their own? Help them go back to their rec center, um, maybe meet a friend for lunch, and just be able to navigate that because they still have a lot of independence. They just needed ways to kind of tweak it to be safe.
0: Can I ask for those people what was that trigger that made them want to make that switch? Was there anything that happened? <laughs>
2: I think a lot of individuals that, you know, they, they might have family support or they might not, but they, they're in that limbo of if I lived in independent living and I was around a lot of people, would I like that? Okay. Or would I not? And then they might move into a situation like that, but finances could be a burden and they're still pretty independent that they could maybe still live on their own if, if it's safe. Um, but also us helping them navigate. Maybe you do have a clean, you hire someone to come in and clean. Maybe you do hire someone to just help with a few things. Um, we've helped individuals get off and on the light rail and be able to navigate going back to the mall again from where they live. Um, helping them get up, get set up with Accessoride. Oh, that's um, awesome. OK, yeah. Just really helping them tap into maybe what they want to do, but they didn't know how to
3: do it. That's awesome. <laughs> I think, honestly, most of the time it is a financial issue where they're living in independent living and they don't feel like they're utilizing all of the resources or services here. Like, you know, there's a gentleman right now that he isn't using, he's not getting meals. I mean, yes, they're cleaning for him, but that's really the only, like, benefit of this community. He's not really participating in any of these social activities. He's still doing his own thing. He was still driving. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, Is it worth what I'm paying to be there where I could just move to a regular apartment or a senior community, but maybe it's not, they don't have all of those benefits and it's still a little bit less financially. A lot of people think that's a smart move more long-term.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That's my my thought for families is I think they spend way too much money early Mm -hmm. on in senior care when they're not utilizing or needing any care so when mm-hmm. they get to that stage of their life that they need hands-on care, they're out of out of funds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're not going to use all the resources and the bells and whistles, probably you need to you know either stay at home and bring those services in because it's probably a lot less expensive. Or find like you said those more à la carte senior living communities. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. Like I think there are a lot of resources in the community that people don't know are around or are available. That exist. You just have to find someone that knows about them, or try to seek them out. But there are so many resources available to people that are living at home or wanting to live at home, and hopefully that's kind of part of our job too—is bringing those
1: resources to people and helping awesome.
0: them get set up with that. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's great. So, what do we do beyond the COVID? How do we continue to utilize technology and innovate, um, and? really use resources to best serve seniors in our community
3: so i think that's a question that we want to pose to everyone just to think about like Remember. how can we how can we keep this up basically how i mean we all obviously were caught off guard when this happened but we've all been able to kind of just roll with the changes and figure it out so how can we now keep that going and i think you know one of the things that we want to talk a little bit about is advocacy and You know i don't a lot of people may not be aware but it took medicare a really long time to approve telehealth whereas other insurance companies actually ahead of medicare which is typically the opposite medicare approves it then all the other insurance companies kind of follow along it actually was flip-flopped this time around with covid and so thinking about like how can we advocate for our seniors even ourselves and kind of make sure that these resources are available to us and how can we just continue to thrive and let people age at home or in a community or wherever it is that they want and need to be?
0: That's awesome. And so I think that's a great point to reach out to our, our listeners or viewers. If you're watching this live or on a replay, share your thoughts. How can we help keep telehealth and the support and, and keep these hybrid systems that obviously we having a lot of positive effect, right? You know, from rural to to just families feeling more comfortable about not having to go out or somebody coming in. So I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, and what are your thoughts in terms of whether Medicare will approve it beyond June? Do you have any sense?
2: I mean, I think there's only been positive feedback. So uh, we're hoping it continues. Um, I think COVID is going to be around for a while and they (laughs) might have to keep adapting (laughs) and keep piling it and hope and hope it stays around.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just hope they still, I think what it shows us is what you, both of you said early on, is you got away from the red tape to be more limber and dynamic, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I, I want companies to think about that. And health insurance companies as well too, now is the time to be able to pivot and, and be agile and adjust, right? Because we need yeah. their support to continue to do these great things you guys are. That would be my challenge to any of the bigger companies is figure out how you can get more nimble. Any more agile. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And so one of our questions always is what action do you want our listeners yeah. to take after this? And I think you just answered that exactly. with really, really advocating for it and yes. um, letting your voice be heard. So, how would you recommend they do that?
2: Well, just being aware of who your political leaders are in the area that you live in, um, you can send a simple email, <laughs> you can call and just let them know your concerns or your thoughts. Right. And it can be about anything. So mm-hmm. just advocating for maybe yourself or a loved one. Um, yeah. and we did it enough that they heard and they passed telehealth. So, Don't be afraid to speak up.
0: Now, is this on, I want to clarify, on the state or local level? Should should, should people be getting, um, expressing their voice or both?
3: I would say both, honestly. I think it just takes a greater number, honestly, and it can be so simple. I think people get a little bit nervous. Like, well, I don't, what if they answer? What am I going to say to them? But there are so many, like, templates and things you can find online where it's literally already all typed up for you. You just can add a couple things. Put your name in there and send it off. So I think it can be a lot more simple than people realize. And when you call them, you're most likely politician. You're going to talk to either an assistant or you're going to leave a message. So you know, again, it's just the idea of actually making the effort
1: to to do it. That's so great. And Anne asked the question, "How do we advocate?" So I think um, we should take an action here and and put something together if there's not something already, and we'll post it in our Facebook group and and yeah. share it with people so that they can easily advocate for it.
0: We always like to give love to anybody who gives a comment. So uh, that is yeah. my aunt who actually lives in New York State. So I wondered how she was watching.
1: related. Hello, New York. Hello, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. No, it's a great question because I think all of us want to be know, have that positive impact on people, but a lot of times we don't know where to start. And so we'll put a little, kind of a little rubric or checklist together um, and and share it uh, as well too. So uh, people's at least some maybe rough framework or where to go to get to, to be able to start this.
1: Yeah, that would be great. So tell us oh, go ahead. Um, So I was just, I was going to ask our question about who do you consider a maverick in your life?
2: Well, Jenny and I collaborated because we have a lot of mavericks in our lives. But um, Krista Covell Pearson started a mobile outpatient therapy company up north in Fort Collins area about 10 years ago. So she gave us the inspiration to kind of do this. We can do it, yeah. <laughs> even though it's scary at first and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. But um, so she's given us guidance and mentorship along the way. and. We can all make a difference.
3: And I think too, she kind of started this before it was really, you know, anything, a thing. Like nobody knew what this was, what this model was. She kind of helped develop the model itself. And then she's really adapted to changes and been on top of what's happening with Medicare, what's happening with insurance. You know, how can we think outside the box more? How can we reach the most people um, with this type of model? So I think she's really been innovative and creative in her approach.
0: That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. And I love how you guys are just began to run with it too and really have a positive impact. Um, I think it's so important to keep pushing these envelopes that you guys are doing. I really mean that.
1: Yeah. And when you started your business, Kylie, you just said you didn't know what you were doing, but you dove in and you did it. And that's that's what we really want to as Mavericks of Senior Living. We want to really encourage people just take action, take a step and you'll learn as you go. And that's what Kristen did. Right. She didn't know 10 years ago what this would look like. So really exciting. So um, last question, how are you creating hope for the way we age? So I think part of it is just our business model, right? So
3: it's meant to be flexible. It's meant to be accessible, adaptive, convenient. Um, You know, we really want people to realize that there are resources available and services available to them. They just might not know they exist yet. So we're really trying to just get the word out that, you know, things are out there, especially for our seniors, and especially now with the new technology, telehealth, mobile practices. It's just trying to find those resources and get them access to them.
0: It's great. That's all. Catherine, we got to ask you one other question. That's not kind of new for this year. or this. It is. Okay. Here's
1: our, here's our question that you weren't prepped for at all. Ready? (laughs) Standing one year from today, what do you hope we have all learned from this pandemic that we carry forward with us?
2: That we just have to roll with it and oh, adapt.
1: All
2: right. I,
3: I like think it. yeah, flexibility, just being yeah. able to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, hopefully what works will stick, like we've said, you know, if telehealth is working or different uses of technology, then let's keep that going. And why why go back to how things were? You know, I think people talk about going back to the normal or how things were, but I think we really do need to change
1: what we were doing for the better. Yeah, I agree. It's great. And you two, you're filling a massive need. And I'm really excited that you have this option to open up across the entire state as well as potentially across state lines to share your incredible energy, your services. So if people have uh, would like to get a hold of you, how can they do that?
0: Our
2: email? Or- yeah, I-
0: I got your email and phone numbers up there. We'll also put those in the comments section as well, too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, definitely reach out. These Jenny and Kylie both know a lot and they're great resources. And as you, you guys can attribute, there's a lot of resources you can connect people with, even if you can't provide that, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think we're always trying to learn more, too. So if you have a resource available or something innovative or different that you do, please let us know. We'd love to learn more about Everything that's
1: available. So great to talk to you both today. Yeah, um, you thank you for yeah, sharing you. this amazing service, and uh, yeah. we're here to support you. And yes. So yes. keep on keeping on.
0: Yes. Love what you guys are doing, and this is great for the future. I really think it's only going to continue to grow and be such a needed and, and helpful service. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, yeah. And thank you for being here.
0: Bye everyone. Until, and we will see y'all Friday. We've got another Facebook live on Friday. So stick with us and continue to see how everyone is beginning to adapt and push forward in the COVID era pandemic. I don't know what to call it. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all soon.